Hello there, this is Jim the Keys bartender. Coming out of the blue, no sound in anything. I apologize for that. The not having a smooth transition. It shouldn't come as news to you. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I'm not exactly sure what exactly happened. You know, I, I'm a... My full time as a bartender, there's a lot of activity goes around me all the time while I'm bartending. I try to keep check, see if the argument's going on here, how friendly something's going on here, if someone's waiting to order over there, but without really paying attention to any one thing in particular. You know, I may not be staring, I just may be scanning. You know, when I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a podcast. And in the end, I thought I recorded one today. And I was, I did, I did do a podcast and right at the end of that, I realized, you know what, I better get ready for work. Or I was, I think I was ready for work at that time. But what happened about 15 minutes before I was ready to go into work, I get a phone call that a co-worker was injured. And since it's our cook, we only have one cook. Uh, there's no way to open without it. So we we closed for the day. It's my long day. And uh, like many people in my field of work, I don't get paid if I don't work. But I don't fret none either. I try not to fret. Try to make some, uh, turn this negative into a positive. And what I did is I sat down for a minute. I thought about the phone call. I said, what am I going to do? Waste my time here. Maybe I should go and work out in the gym. No, I haven't been really. I've been talking about trying to rein in my anger and all that stuff. I know. I'll go to a meeting. I know even better. The meeting is about two and a half, three miles south of me. And it was a beautiful day. A little warm for some people, but I thought it was beautiful. So I, I figured I'd dust out the old bike and take a little ride. And that's what I did. I went for a nice bike ride, went to a meeting, thought about that meeting, uh, uh, my my 12th, my AA meeting. I'm not giving up anybody's anonymity by saying I went to a meeting. And... It was really nice, not not just the meeting, but the, just to get out there. Sometimes, and I mentioned this many previous, you get jaded living down here. You know, you see the water, you're on the water, you're going swimming in the ocean, you see this, see beautiful birds and uh, sea life, the ocean, the bay, stars over the water at night. You know, really, when you're driving down the road, when I'm driving down the road, I don't really recognize those things I'm growing up, you know, growing up, that are growing around me, that are going on around me. I don't look at the trees and, and, and ponder that because I'm focusing on the road. When I'm riding a bike, I'm still kind of focusing on the road, you know, focusing on my intersections I'm coming up to. But this, it's a slow time of year. There's not a lot of people on a bike path. So I go for a nice ride. You know what? That was one of the better things I've done in a long time. 
I like I like doing that. I'm um, going for a walk's nice, but when you go for a walk, a lot of times you end up going places that you normally been to. Like I live in the city, it's nice to go for a walk someplace you haven't been before. Could get a little dicey if you walk into the wrong neighborhood. But the the bike ride, yeah. That that just does it for me. It exercises the body, mind, and it makes me think about, so what? I don't have to work today. I get to enjoy where I live right now. Now, when I got back from the bike ride, I realized you heard about my ongoing chore or task of transferring my podcast from one podcasting platform to another. And fortunately, I don't have to do that with my own technological know-how. Because if that was the necessity, I don't think it would happen. It would never happen. But yes, it worked. It's working this time. I got in touch with um, one of their techs and they're moving over all the episode. And I had the discussion with them yesterday via chat uh, that they're taking they're taking their time moving everything over, but they should have it by the end of the week. And I said, ask him, should I redirect my feed yet? And he says, no, maybe wait until the end of the week and see, you know, make sure we don't have any issues. Now, by the way he said it, it seemed like there's no reason to, uh, like I can decide to do it whenever I want. And that's redirect means if I record something on my old app, which I'll be, won't be using after the 1st of June, um, it'll automatically redirect to my new app. So where all my new episodes, all, all my old episodes are going and where all my new episodes will be. Well, I find out that they need me not to redirect why they're bringing all of them in. So they want me to import everything in before I redirect all my new ones. So what happens is I'm not exactly sure if an episode I recorded earlier and gave a description to ever got loaded up. Because I did record it. I remember saying share, share to Spreaker, which should have been shared to Anchor. But they were downloading my old episodes, so maybe that posting of a new episode was a little confusing for them. So that's when I got a message from them. Listen, take that redirect off. Keep it in speaker for now. Once we get it done, we'll take care of it. So there I am, hindering progress. Initially, I was concerned it wasn't happening. Now it's happening, and I'm hindering the process of it happening, meaning the import of my old episodes into the new platform, which is Anchor. It's all confusing. I always mention this to my wife. I said, you know, this is what's going on. I'm, I'm changing from one platform to another. And and I kind of lost her with it. And I said, you know what? I understand. You don't understand it. And she goes, 
And she was a little taken aback by that comment. And then I said to her, you know, when I started this, I had no idea what I'm doing now. If I told myself what I'm doing now, I would be here, blah, 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 importing my podcast into another platform. I didn't really understand what was going on. And I'm not going to say that I understand everything that's going on. Because as you can tell, if you are an avid listener to podcasts, I am definitely displayed a lot of technological know-not, not know-how. I'm pretty good for my, in my age group, I have to say. In my age group, I'm kind of like the one-eyed, one-eyed man in the kingdom of the blind. I mean, there's other ones. There's other ones that know what they're doing pretty well, more so than me. But there's a whole lot of these people in my age group that have no idea. I When I talk to them and say, well, are you still doing your blog? Are you, do, are you still doing that thing? And then and there's one other guy who does a weekly radio show. He's been doing a weekly radio show. Um, oh, I should say something about Joey Naples, um, too. So Joey Naples is a local radio personality here. He was a great guy. And last week he um, passed away under a long illness. And Joey Naples was really a pleasant guy. His nickname here was called King of Cool. And he was well-known in the Upper Keys. He was a pleasant guy to talk to. He was always always super pleasant. And uh, I enjoy talking to this guy. Well, this other guy I'm talking about, he's he's a he's a avid well-known fishing captain. Been down here for years. And I met him at my previous place of work, one of my previous places of work down in Amarada. And this gentleman has a radio show, which he works. He's worked with various people over over the years. And I spoke to him. I had the opportunity to speak to him when he was hosting a radio show at one of the places I worked. And then, whenever we see each other uh, out again, uh, I would say hello to him, and he would either he's either really good at pretending he remembers me, or he, no, he remembers me. He remembers my name. So I explained to him there about a podcast, but each time I tell him, I got to explain to him again. He has no idea what that is. And he goes um, to me one time, he says, I hear you do a podcast. He goes, what's a podcast? Well, it's kind of like a radio show, pretty much what you do. Because what's the difference? I said, well, what the difference? My difference is I could do it anywhere with almost any a piece of equipment that gives me access to the internet and gives me um, has a recording feature. If I can make an audio file, I can do a show. And the broadcast medium is the internet. The broadcast medium is is the internet. And people say you can't use broadcast with. Well, they got broadband. I can say broadcast. 
He's just casting it out there, pretty much. And it's broad, meaning, depending on how a broadcast over the air, it's pretty broad, but it only can pick it up if you have a radio and if you're only in within a certain distance. Right? Well, with the internet, as long as you have connection, it doesn't matter where it comes from. As, as long as they're in it, the main internet, in the World Wide Web, they'll be able to see it. And I was trying to explain to them that, you know, you, you don't have to do anything. You, you don't have to watch what you say. There's no, because you don't have to deal with the FCC. At least now you don't have to deal with the FCC because the internet is not the public airwaves. There's an unlimited amount of wavelength. You know, if the amount of radio shows showed up the way there are podcasts, and there's a million new podcasts, a million new podcasts every year. Most don't make it out of their first or second episode. And then it starts dwindling from there. And this being 621 or 22, depending on how I'm going to... I'm going to see if I have it recorded someplace here. Nope, I don't. Let's see. Um, 621 actually says 765. I guess it counts all of mine. 765 episodes. It's not, you know, I was going to title this episode, you know, Conceptions of Art. What do we view as art? What is the definition of art? Because if you ever went to a art gallery, let's say a real avant-garde, new art, you can look at things that looks like rubbish or it looks like a collection of things a board with things pasted to it. There's um, live art. All sorts of things. All sorts of things. Crazy, crazy things. Let me see where this... I'm just seeing if my episode... You know, if it is, I'm going to have to talk about the things I spoke about in that last episode. Wait, I can bring this up. Let's see. Let's see what we get. I can view... Right now, nope, nope, I don't have six. No, no at all. Was that yesterday? I think that may have been yesterday. That was today. So today is 621. So it's episode 620. This is how sad. Someone mentioned to me earlier, the guy made a reference that he takes medication to help his memory. And he says it doesn't work too well. And I was thinking, holy shit, you know, I can I, I can start doing a podcast and forget what my topic was if I did not write it down. If I did not have a conception. If I start talking and I'll take myself to a path, I can't remember that stuff. Just the way it is. I'm not panicking over it. I'm not, I'm not, I, I am aware of dementia. I'm aware of it. Am I fretting about it? No, not at this time. Who knows? I'm going to take a brief pause right now, just so if they're going to do a mid-roll insertion, that'll happen. That's what I'm going to start doing. Right around 16 minutes. Okay.
I'm back. I didn't do anything. I just did a pause right in there. In case they want to do it, they're going to wait right at that time. I think they do it automated. I mean, mid-roll shouldn't be just at 15. You know, if it's 30 minute long. But I guess I'd have to, mid-roll for me would be 32 minutes. Yeah, a lot of the stuff you hear when you're listening to the episode, you'll hear these commercials. And sometimes they're pretty nice high-end commercials. And sometimes they're not so much. I'm glad it's not for Adam and Eve, you know, or any, um, let's say anything, adult entertainment industry. Not that I have anything against the adult entertainment industry. It would just give me another definition of the work I've been doing for these five years. I was thinking, wow, that's pretty effed up. All the commercials I have are for adult entertainment, um, bladder control, and erectile dysfunction. That would just give, that would pretty much leave me in a dark place what my listening audience focuses on. You know, porn uh, and hard penises. And what else? They answer bladder control. And there's also other diapers too, so they they serve other. There's a whole bunch of things. You know, upon final examination, it goes like, why in the hell would anybody listen to a show where, if if all they're showing you in the commercials that because they're very tailored with how they market right now, they get an idea and they said, this is what we're thinking at the age group that listens to this podcast or this TV show. Years ago, well, I mean, if they have murders, if when they're doing commercials, that's on one of the channels that runs a show by Angela Lansbury called Murder, She Wrote. It's going to be for, geez, it'll be for those uh, walk-in tubs, those chair elevators for houses, the uh, jitterbug cell phones. That's what they'll tailor in because why in hell? They're not going to put it, they're not going to be information and say, hey, come to Cancun for the party because they know the demographic. They'll be, they, there may be some, you know, 18 to 25 year olds watching Murder She Wrote. There may be a couple, you know, if you're thinking of thousands or, but there's not going to be, they're, they're not going to have a significant group of people come to Cancun or anything like that or showing anything they show for people from the 18 to 25-year-old, which would be liquor ads. Gosh, what else would they show? Sometimes if there's... I don't understand when they have... Oh, maybe I do. They have on the female shows, and I reason I can understand female shows is because my wife watches them and I sit and I, like a good partner I'll pretend to be interested in the show and there are no shows sometimes they show things that look to be targeted at traditionally the male like Jared Jewelry and all these jewelry stores and I said wait a second this demographic for this type of show should be like 75% women and you know 
the people that like the people that like uh, Singer, the Mass Singer, and stuff like that. That's just my opinion. They should be showing the commercials for Diamonds Are Forever and all that stuff for the beers. Um, when they used to have the diamond commercials, you still, when there's a bunch of bunch of guys watching, but they tailor it. The music just makes it so romantic for women. But they're not the ones purchasing it. It's almost like reversed psychology is saying, listen, we're doing this to tell your men. These are the commercials we're running for your men. But we're not going to be showing it to your men. You're going to have to tell them how much they should spend three months' salary on average for the diamond, for the ring. That was a thing. That was a thing at one time. I know it's hard to say. With all the inflation and the high prices right now, that someone would say, hey, listen, if you want to get married, the best thing to do would be to buy this little trinket, this shiny piece of glass looking object and use one quarter of your gross income, not net gross income to purchase it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. To some people, I mean, obviously, the people that can afford it aren't spending three months of their income. If you're worth, I mean, Elon Musk, if he ever gets married or something, gets engaged. Let's say he works $100 billion. And let's say he earns $3 billion a year. He's not going to spend eight hundred and well, eight hundred thousand, eight hundred million dollars on a ring. Even though he has all that excess, he's pretty much set for retirement. <clears throat> he could re, he could pretty much spend a billion. You know, say they try to tell someone to say one spend one hundredth of whatever you have, a hundredth. Hmm. That's 10000 for people to have a million, 10000 They probably, people say, yeah, you got to spend 10000 But you wouldn't say 100th, $1 billion for someone worth $100 billion. So saying three months of their income is a falsehood. Okay, that, because three months at the bottom end of the demographic, people can't swing. It starts getting progressively harder when you leave the top tier. Yeah, if you make 200 grand a year, sure, you may be able to swing 50 grand for a diamond. Right? Because you got 150 grand to live off the rest of the year. But it makes a chunk, you know, it makes it's a chunk of change. But they actually did say that the De Beers group was one of the companies that pretty much ran the diving Industry And I guess you haven't seen that since Blood Diamond. People are saying, is that a Blood Diamond? Because they always say Blood Diamond. Because there's conflict diamonds. Diamonds where they use child labor to extract it. People are very impoverished in those areas. I don't know how I got that. But there we go. I sidetracked. So I was just making a comment about art. About viewing something. Just like viewing a piece of glass, a diamond, a diamond 
may have innate qualities. It may be unique. But what gives a diamond its value? What gives gold its value? Yet gold can be used for a lot of <clears throat> different things. It's malleable. It's a good conductor. But there's actually better conductors than gold. Gold doesn't tarnish, but then there's other metals that don't tarnish. The precious metal. Its innate value is <clears throat> an estimation. I don't mean an estimation, meaning people estimate it. It's esteem. It's the way we hold the value of something. I mean, unless there was an agreed upon value, and there is agreed upon value for that. On a piece of art, there is not an agreed upon value. The value only becomes, we only hear about a piece of art being valued at something when someone chooses to put it up for auction. So if one of uh, a lost Rembrandt arrives, we really wouldn't know the value of it until it's put up for auction. And then the real demonstrable value would be what someone's willing to pay for said painting. So that happens with art. It happens with gold. It happens with people. Value of people. And especially there, I think in the lower end, people are undervalued are very undervalued. In the upper end, they are overvalued. You get any superstar nowadays. Yeah, there's a sport, $250 million. Let's say I'm picking out a $250 million contract, let's say. Is anybody really deliver a value of $250 million? They can receive, They can deliver value by selling. And that's a perceived value. And that's people perceiving that it's valuable to own the jersey of this guy. That's the only way someone would be worth that. If some sports franchise can make something out of that association with that person. When you get to the highest echelon of companies, CEOs, the compensation for a lot of CEOs are made up by boards of people. Compensation boards are called. At the end of the year, they decide how much bonus they should give people. We always surprised, like when a company loses money, and the CEO or you know chief any major officer in the company receives a bonus. When a, st- when a stock loses value, right? And if they get fired, how many times, how many companies, when someone gets fired for poor performance, if, they're, if they are marked as the person that needs to be changed because of poor performance, how many companies are willing to give anybody a substantial parting gift? Well, at the upper end of, you know, in corporate America, it happens all the time. We know it, we see it. And and people are overvalued at the top, they're undervalued on the bottom. 
And like we undervalue, we undervalue the, the least among us. The people that do the real shitty jobs. Right? The jobs are really hard to fill nowadays. Those entry-level jobs. Especially those jobs in restaurants. A lot of restaurants can't open up because they can't get the help in the back. You need guys with a certain set of skills, guys and girls, with a certain set of school skills that can handle you know, the fast turnaround of a kitchen to be able to deliver orders, you know, cook them up. It's not something you can just come and do. It takes years of training, years of training, years of experience running your own kitchen. You usually have your main cook, and then you have the people around it. You say, you handle this, you handle this. Okay? And they're putting stuff out, too. Well, we don't have them as much. We used to have them. It was great. We'd bring in, we'd have some people from a Latin country. There were a lot of Latin people would come here. And we'd come in the kitchen, and they'd learn. And they'd do it for, yeah, less pay. Yeah, it happens. They do it for less pay. And they, they're they almost like it's, they would be doing uh, that medieval thing where people show up and they, they work under a master. They do internships, almost like an internship where uh, you just sit and you, you know, you start, start washing dishes, then you do food prep, then you work maybe fryers, you could do work the line, so, you know, putting the sides up. And then the chef starts teaching them. They're under the tutelage of the chef. We don't have that pipeline now. Hence, we only have one cook. We have no depth. And there won't be new people that come in here. Who would take that job? We set up the, the way restaurants are compensated. We set up a great way how much we want to pay for food. We don't want to pay a lot when we go out to eat. Some places can pay a lot. When they do pay a lot, they're able to get specialty help. Right? Yeah, if you're charging $75 for your entree, you have a different type of person working in the kitchen than you would when you, when you um, have a $13 entree on your menu. The, the customer thinks they're getting the same, same cook sometimes. I don't think the higher end, they don't expect, they expect a lot more when they, yeah, they do. But you know what? They're not getting, you don't have to put out a million of those things. You don't have to put a couple. And that's valuation. When we value people, it's like we value people that come in to our country. If they come in this country and they don't do it, you know, when when people are entering the country to take a entry level training job like that, or in agriculture, or in domestic help, people that kill clean hotel rooms, homes, vacation homes, guys that do lawn service and all that stuff, they don't have the income 
to go and hire a lawyer and do it the right way. They got to come over here any way they can. And if you have a big software company and you want to bring a programmer from India, they get a work visa and all that stuff and they come over here. That's great. So we're going to have someone from India, someone from Bangladesh, someone from Yemen will come over here and they can work in the software industry. Right? Because the company has the wherewithal to pay the fee, the time, the lawyers, immigration lawyers and stuff like that. But we can't get the people at the beginning end of it. And there's damn sure you're not going to find any Americans that do it. I mean, you could probably starve them. If you starve them enough at the bottom, you might be able to turn it around. I mean, I, I don't think that's actually a good thing to do. It shouldn't be a thing that we should try to do. Make life so hard for the bottom rung of society in order that to take a shitty job. What they should do is provide enough education and the basics for someone so they can excel. I know there's people out there that don't want to work. I know. It's not the thing. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing and not wanting to work or taking a job that really isn't a job. It's a way of life. And you got to be able to handle it. And it's really tough to handle that stuff in the kitchen and stuff like that. And there's a lot of other jobs like that. In agriculture, picking things. It's really hard to do. And you're not going to find a lot of locals to want to do it. So we better change the way we look, look at people and the way we value people differently. If you want to make sure that you have, you know, your $13 menu, you won't be a $13 menu. And stop complaining about the price of gas and stuff like that. It's happened all around the world, too. Same thing as workers, but that's because everyone's anti-immigrant. And those immigrants who used to come in used to take those jobs. All the time, they took those jobs. And they provided more than they took. And that's my idea. Talk to you later. Have a great day.